There's a cold silence that we don't dare speak. There's a wall between us and a river so deep. We keep pretending that there's nothing wrong. There's a code of silence and it can't go on. Hi folks, I'm Alan Wharton. and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on June the 9th, 2010. Now, newcomers, as you well know, the listeners know, I always advise you to go into CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com website. I've got hundreds of shows listed there for download, for audio, that I've done over the years, and you can pass the time, a lot of time, going through those if you want to. Remember, all those sites that are listed there, bookmark them for future use in case the com site goes down again which it no doubt will. And remember, all the sites also have, um, they have all the audios the same. They also have English transcripts of a lot of the talks I've given for download and print up. But if you go into Alan Watts Sentient, sentinel.eu, you have the edition of transcripts in languages of Europe to choose from. And remember, too, uh, I don't get paid by advertisers. Most hosts do. That's how you make your living. I depend upon you, the public, to keep me going. That gives me our freer hands. The ads you hear in the show are paid directly to the station for the broadcast of the show. It pays for their, their, their board ops, their equipment, and their bills. So you help me with mine by going into cuttingthroughmatrix.com website. See the books I have for sale. They're different than anything you'll read. Because believe you me, what you're living in is beyond any textbook you're going to read. It truly is. It's beyond sci-fi. And I try to show you other ways of thinking and seeing things from a non-linear perspective. And if you want to survive, at least for your own soul, so to speak, then you've got to understand how to escape all the traps that are laid out for you. This is a total war that's gone in the public for an awful long time. And you've grown up in it not even knowing. Your whole reality has been shaped for you, including getting you ready for a future which you haven't even thought of. You'd never imagine. So purchase the books, the discs, the CDs, and from the U.S. to Canada, remember, we're all one big uh, NAFTA family now. You can use personal checks to Canada, or you can use an international postal money order to order the items I have for sale. You can also use PayPal. It says donate. Just send me the appropriate donation and a separate email with your name, address, and order, and I'll get it out to you. Now, across the world, it's the same thing. PayPal for donations, and I really depend on donations uh, or for purchase, a separate email for purchase. You can also use Western Union, MoneyGram, and some people send cash from abroad to Canada. Now, as I said before, people really don't know uh, that, uh, in fact, we're all trained to think everything's normal all the time. From the minute you were born, you were taught that everything was normal, and it was a bit different from your parents. As soon as you went into school, of course, you were taught a different curriculum, a different worldview, in fact, and you didn't even discuss it with your parents because you thought they knew. Meanwhile, your parents were watching television and being updated daily into a whole new way of thinking as well. It wasn't their thinking. It was all programmed for them. It becomes their thinking, and even their behavior patterns are emulated off of what they see. Nothing has happened in the last, oh, definitely since the, actually since the time of H.G. Wells when he talks about it in the Fabian Society. Nothing's happened in culture 
across the whole Western world uh, that wasn't planned by very big wealthy powers to bring in a whole new society of total control. And the Fabian society certainly did write a lot more than some of the other bigger societies that had a leading role. And the bigger societies, of course, were the not just international banking groups and those who dealt with economics. And that means you folks, you're all part of economics and whole generations thereof. It also meant that they'd have to plan a whole new society with depopulation and so on. But that they played a good conservative role because the conservatives truly did lead the charge for integration of Europe, for the Americas, and so on, because they love socialism. Back with more after these messages. Cutting through the matrix. And as I said already, it's, it's astounding really when you understand uh, really uh, a fair bit, but never enough. There's always so much more to the big system, the, big, the matrix in which you live. There's so many compartments and rooms and, and various corridors and adjoining rooms and so on. And people all working together, different groups working together towards the same goal. And it's a goal the general public would never like, of course, if they truly understood it. So the art is to keep you dumbed down, silly, uh, drugged down, and uh, toxic down with all the foods that you eat, with the GMO stuff and all that. And keep you vastly entertained with trivia, and you'll never really clue into it. Even as you're passing through and going through the, the, the incredible changes that were planned long, long before you or your parents were born. And it takes all parties at the top to work together and appear to be in opposition as they run for politics uh, to bring it about. That's a trick as well. Because after all, you see, we're the herd. There's only one herd. You might go into a category of the herd, but it's still one herd. And people like categories. They like to say, I'm this or I'm that. And they join pre-existing categories. But it's one herd. So you need different shepherds to bring them to the same enclosure. If you watch sometimes sheepdog trials, you've ever seen them, the shepherd would often use two dogs uh, for a large herd. And they'd go on either side, to the left and the right of them. And sometimes they would even take a whole swathe of sheep off in one direction with one dog and one with another, take them round in a circle and put them all back in the same pen. Well, you see, that's the technique that they use through politics to manage the public. The sheep don't know. Uh, that uh, the shepherd's a bad guy. They, they kind of like the shepherd. They're fond of him. They've seen him so many times, and he, he'll often feed them with extra tidbits and stuff. But when he kills them off to, to eat them, because that's their function, or sell them, or, or to, or to, or, or the wool to to wear his uh, his woolen clothing with, um, they don't know that. You see, all they see is this nice guy, and the dogs really are their enemy, as far as the sheep are concerned. So it's very, very clever. That's how the public are generally run in all countries. Going back to just the the, the late 1800s, for instance, the massive socialist movements that we take almost no notice of today as a passing vague thing in history, and we're getting given little bits on it, very little bits on it, and some of them will even still push it was for social progress. But when you look at the communist movements that came out of it, and Nazi Germany as well, it came out of it, 
uh, and an incredible slaughter from the Soviet Union and Nazi Germany. And you realize, well, it's the same agenda worldwide if socialism still exists, because socialism isn't just helping people out with uh, welfare and free this or free that. Socialism is far more. It's about population control, for instance. It's about science and government working completely together as one. This was put out in in H.G. Wells, who was a propagandist for this whole system, a guy who denied that atrocities were happening in the Soviet Union. He used to go over there and come back with glowing reports of how wonderful it was. And, um, of course, he never saw the the prison camps and the wires and the experiments we were doing on people when they cut the tops of their heads off and did brain experiments by the dozens and hundreds, actually, eventually. Uh, He didn't see that kind of thing. Or if he did, he didn't care. He thought everything was proper because science should rule. And he made uh, the book, he put a book out, so it was for the shape of things to come, and he outlined everything in 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 a fictional form, given data, of course, from his master's, and that's how big novelists really work even today when the future is society. They're picked out, they're told to write a story around these topics to get points across. And you're, you get immersed in fiction. Fiction is the greatest guide of all. Fiction takes you along with a human story through different um, um, encounters, changes. And before you know it, you, you, you've gone through all these changes in your mind and you've downloaded a whole bunch of possibilities you hadn't thought of before, which become inevitabilities. So when the real stories pop up, you think that's quite natural. It seems to be made that way. Things are sort of progressing naturally. You've never consciously worked through them logically. You've been downloaded. That's called predictive programming. Now, but in, in his own book and in a movie they made too, I think just prior to World War II, they made the movie, uh, they showed you uh, the world up to the year 2035 or so, with a continuous war uh, starting just around the time of World War II, did begin. But a continuous war. Now, there's many ways to have a continuous war. Most folk think it's just complete fighting and tanks and bullets and guns. But war is fought on economic fronts, is fought on psychological fronts more than ever. It's fought on deception fronts. Many Many fronts involved in deception. That also includes pretty well all of the mainstream media, who have done a fantastic job of deceiving the public as whole blocks were reformed after the supposed Soviet Union fell, and you now have a new Soviet bloc they call the EU, with more powers than the Soviets even had. Really, they have more power than the Soviets had over the people. But H.G. Wells went through all of this, and he went through a time that would come out at the end where um, Raymond Massey, I think, was the actor. And he said, when, when government joins with science, he says, they'll be invincible. He said, individualism is nothing. Man by himself is nothing as the individual, but man collectively can do anything. That's a collective again. We're all in it together idea. But science was to reign supreme so the fittest could survive if you go into the book version. Interesting, too, he said that they would use techniques on the, the public who wouldn't go along with things. He called it the peace gas, the gas of peace they'd spray it from the air. It kind of reminds me of all these uh, chemtrails that are all over the place and have been since 1998 continuously. And if, if that's the testing, they say they've been, test, they've been trying out, God help us, when they discovered the whole globe in one big blanket, a cloud continuously, then you'll be in Blade Runner, the movie. 
Another predictive programming one, of course. So you're living through massive changes. And the last people who must understand what's truly going on are the general populations. Because you're in a post-democratic era. Post-democratic. The first ones to talk about post-democracy, it wasn't just the Club of Rome. You found it in the Fabian Society and in their writings. They would bring you into a post-democratic society. Then the Club of Rome was given the job to find ways to bring us under this socialist totalitarian system came up with the idea of global warming. That would fit the bill, they said. Climate change, global warming. Man would be the enemy of the planet, and therefore they'd have to deal with it. Well, here we are today. Uh, they wrote the book in the, in the 90s, but they said they came up with the idea in the 70s, early 70s. And they were the premier think tank for the United Nations, another great front. The people really think is wonderful. They really believe they're out there to hand out tents to people in earthquakes and stuff. They really do believe the propaganda they've been given. But as I say, Wells went through the whole scenario of where they'd take the general public. But he also said, too, that most folk wouldn't work then because it would be a, a time where machines did everything. And that was like the big lie, too, because they knew on a higher level in the Fabian society they had no intention or keeping around excess population eventually. In fact, uh, they drummed on about, from the very start, about killing off the excess useless feeder, uh, eaters. And in the movie, uh, the documentary version of the Soviet story, an excellent expose of, a, of how wonderful the socialist system truly was, they showed you not just experiments on the general public, uh, incredible experiments and the massive slaughters they had but it begins with a, a talk by one of the founders of the Fabian Society Bernard Shaw, George Bernard Shaw who said when we are in power when we rule, he said you will come, have to come to us and justify why we should keep you alive now that sounds it's, it's almost like a movie to most folk today who can't tell fact from fiction anymore they can't, they live in a, in a psychedelic kaleidoscope of advertising and flashing things on television and sex and boob babes and little bits and bites of news and people getting blown up by drones. It's all one big mush to them. And it's intentionally that way so that you cannot think logically through any one particular thing. Part of the, the, the psychological warfare is to also to keep you always worried and afraid. So mentally you're running all the time. You're running. You fear of bad health. You've got fear of unemployment. You've got fear of sickness, fear of death, all these different fear of homelessness. All these things are played on. Sometimes individually, a long period of so-called recession and unemployment, sometimes all together, and you're at you're the all-together stage now where everything's coming down at once. That's wonderful very clever psychological warfare manipulated by a capstone with a whole bunch of bricks underneath them making sure you get it from all different angles and perspectives but never the truth. That's how you're managed. Now we're managed to a point and you, most folk will truly think, I mean, they really believe money is real. They, they believe that debt is real. Most folk out there can't even tell you what money is or how it even comes into circulation. 
most folks still cannot, they've, they've never even gone beyond uh, getting a paycheck or going to the bank and withdrawing, never knowing how it's even created. They have no idea at all that all money is put into circulation through the central banks via the ones who supposedly lend to the central banks um, as debt, as debt. And it's so simple because if you only had $100 printed up in the world and that's sold off as somebody's bought the bonds to guarantee that debt, you see, he's guaranteed as well. He'll get an interest on it of even 10% at the end of a year. But no one's printed any more money up. So you've got $100 plus $10 to give them back. Where's the extra $10 come from? It's not printed yet. It's constant debt. It's a debt system in every country to keep you slaves. Always slaves, but for a bigger purpose than that even too. Back with more after these messages. I'm Alan Ward and this is Cutting Through the Matrix going on about our reality and our little bits of the rush through history that we do go through. We rush through life, don't we? We rush through, we're actually stampeded through life from one crisis to another, and that's intentional. That is intentional because there's method to the madness, and of course it drives us mad, and that's the awesome intention. When you're mad, you can't make very good decisions about anything or come to very good um, intelligent conclusions. You're driven to a certain point, and that's the conclusion you will reach. It's all intentional. But as I say, if you have to go into the history books, and you've got to do it. You've got to go into the big players that existed at the late 1800s and the beginning of the 1900s and all of the documentation and books they put out there. The, the beauty, the beauty, as George Orwell uh, knew of uh, history, is it goes down the memory hole by those in charge. In his particular writing, he had an actual sort of furnace hole, and he just chucked the stuff in there, and that was the end of it. And they rewrote history uh, for the stuff they, they just admitted, a new history. Today we have the Internet, and it's beautiful for that, isn't it? I've lost count of the times I've put up links to, to different articles or sites or even videos, and before the night's out, they're pooled, even in mainstream science magazines. It's just astonishing, and that's how quickly it's gone. I always advise people when I mention something, Copy it right away. Make sure you copy it right away. Don't think I'll go back 10 minutes later or an hour because if it's something important, it's pooled very quickly. Because there are intelligence services monitoring everything we do and say. Quite a few years back, I was, I was interested. There was a very good little bit on, I think it was a CBC or, or a radio station, maybe in Toronto, about something that had happened in Canada. And I asked, I managed to get a journalist, and I said, is there anywhere I can get a copy of this? He says, no, we don't keep copies here. This was the station that broadcast it. He said, he gave me another link, uh, like a phone call, a uh, phone link uh, to someone who might. And it, it, it was an agency that had copied and taped every television and every radio program ever broadcast in Canada across the whole country. I didn't know it existed and I had to pay $70 for a cassette tape. And I realized after it, after it, mind you, I said, this is an intelligence network. It obviously was an intelligence network. That was years ago. Years ago. That's how, how completely everything, 
everything always has been monitored by an incredible system that's way above us, way, and all around us, but way above us, that's never mentioned. Never mentioned. We see the, the different organizations that come forth speaking on behalf of this charity or this NGO or this or that. You don't realize that most intelligence agencies are actually private organizations. That way government's not responsible to the public for them. But they use them just like Google. That's what that is. That's what Google's always been. That's what Bill Gates and Windows was all about. To make sure you standardize a system across the whole planet. They couldn't have separate systems where they couldn't collect all data. So you bring somebody up to the top, you make sure that's pushed by every country at the very top to outdo everyone else and it becomes a standard format. I said years ago during the Cold War that they could never allow someone, any big international corporation, to come out with some separate system of communication. Never, ever. And I mean, I mean right down to a DVD player or, or even the old VHS players. They all came out with new versions at the same time. All the brands, boom, overnight. Same with computers. And you think they're independent competing organizations? Never. 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 Part of the whole agenda was eugenics. Big part of it still is. They have never changed. From the writings of the late 1800s to the present time, you'll find they have never changed their format, their beliefs, or their intentions, and their goals. There's many ways to bring down populations, of course. In the old-fashioned ways, as some of them lamented, uh, we couldn't have enough wars, we couldn't have enough diseases and black deaths and so on. Now they do it covertly. They put it in your food, they put it in your water. They inoculate it into you, again, through big international um, corporations, through your health systems. And everyone believes that even the guys that squirted into you because it's all faith-based, you see. It's on the bottle. It's got to be true. It's been approved by so-and-so and so-and-so. That's how easy it is to bring down a world. It's how easy it is. And they talked about bad genes, you see, because bad breeding was always a big part of this, this socialist movement. Mind you, it was also a big, big part of the, the elitist aristocratic movements that had always been there with their bloodlines and their, their poor breeding uh, scenarios for the, for the public and the commoners. And then you realize it's all one, one, one bunch running the whole show. And they bring you to the edge. I've read the articles on, from mainstream again on this radio station. And I've read the articles when they've talked about bringing down the populations. Oh, what will we do? Uh, there's too many people coming into the countries. Then I've gone over the, the, the actual records from, again, from mainstream sources showing you that every country has only put its population up since about 1940 by massive immigration that sped up during the 60s, 70s, and 80s, and ever increasing to the present time. I've read the articles from mainstream again, where Blair's own personal secretary said that he was ordered to change the face of Britain so much. Again, massive immigration, so they could never go back to any old culture at all. Back with more after these messages. You're listening.
listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Because you can handle the truth. Hi folks, this is Alan Watt. We're cutting through the matrix. Talking about population increases, which are intentional, of course. And we've had different politicians and leaders of the political parties in different countries all come out saying, well, we need this, you see, because the people back home are not breeding enough. They're not having enough children to pay off the national debts. And that's been said to every country, you know. And then when they've got it just where they want it, because all people rush into the same cities, you know, all immigrants always rush into the same major cities. That's how they start off. That's what you do. And it seems they were never meant for such massive populations to begin with. And it gives the impression that they are overcrowded because the cities are overcrowded with massive incoming constant immigration flows. So what do they do? They turn around and now he's a handout, a handout to the press. Most of what you read in major mainstream are handouts by corporations or their PR, their front groups, their marketing groups for them that act on their behalf. And this is one of them I'm going to read. It's been plumped right in a, a newspaper, actually a rag, because the, the rags, as we call them in Britain, they're rags. And if you can get a hold of uh, that documentary I mentioned, an excellent documentary on how celebrities are used to control your minds, basically, and for charitable works which are pretty fake, uh, you look at the one Star Suckers, the, the documentary Star Suckers, the part two, don't, not just the first part. You gotta go into part two and it goes through how most newspapers today don't have very many reporters. They, they slashed them years ago. And they depend on these handouts. So they put out the handouts from the Greenies and the handouts from so and so, but they, they don't let you know that's where they're coming from and you take that as news. Here's a handout on about overpopulation. And it's from, it's put in the Daily Mail. It says, by Daily Mail reporter, that means it's a handout. Britain will struggle to handle catastrophic population growth unless changes are made. Now, they create the problem over years, intentionally, and then they turn around and blame you for it. Now, here's what we have to do about it, right? So this is the 9th of June, 2010. Britain will struggle to handle catastrophic population growth in the future unless urgent action is taken, a report has warned. I like how they phrase it, eh? The predicted increase to 70 million by 2029 will put unsustainable pressure on housing, schools and hospitals, as well as natural resources such as food and water, experts said. So far, they haven't mentioned the Daily Mail reporter. They haven't told you what organization it is and or who the experts are so far so far right then it says current trends will see a city the size of Bristol added to the population in the UK every year for the next two decades <gasps> you see that's how they do it for the reader you see psychologists and marketers and companies uh, work this stuff out on behalf of the organizations that want to propagandize you so it's about sustainable development. So there you go. Sustainable Development Group Forum for the Future said vast growth would cause huge rises in population and waste. Its report called for urgent action to stop numbers reaching the expected highs and causing a fall in quality of life levels. And it urged a rethink of the policy of importing labor 
to take skilled jobs. It's about 40 years too late. And these same guys were behind it, the ones at the top, you see, to bring them in in the first place. Director Sarah Parkin warned a debate about population had been hijacked by extremist groups, but was a key environmental issue. Environment over population, all the rest of it, you see. Britons deserve a serious debate about population and politicians need to start planning now to achieve a sustainable future, she said. So they're giving you the solution as well. We need a serious debate and they will provide it for you in front of you on television with the politicians and they'll come to the preordained conclusion, you see. By recognising population as a vital element in strategies to achieve low carbon and satisfying lifestyles, for whom, I wonder, politicians can reclaim the issue from extremists. There was corner of the whole market and the whole propaganda and no, no, no one else's. Only through good leadership and sensitive, sensitive long-term planning, I guess that's, you know, we have to sterilize you, but uh, we're terribly sorry, I'm afraid. Only through good leadership and sensitive long-term planning can we make sure that the UK's population growth falls short of today's high projections and that we are prepared to cope effectively with any growth that does happen. So that they're telling you, or they're getting you set for something coming up big time on television with the politicians, all pre-planned, of course, and you all sit back in between the book tubes and all the rest of it in your kaleidoscope of psychedelic uh, nonsense and bits and bites, and you'll get downloaded into the answer, and you're all going to suffer. Now, who is this particular forum? Hmm? Who, who are they? Of course, they handed out this thing to the media that just plonks it right in there. They're happy for that. They depend on these st- the stuff to fill their pages in between the ads. Forum for the Future, it says here. And this is just the wiki part of it, mind. I've got other stuff here too. Founded in 1996. Headquarters is in London, UK. It's almost like the, the Population Trust. The other one's too, the Optimum, Optimum Population Trust. And I'm sure they're all, uh, all part of it. And it says... It's a British non-profit organization with a mission to promote sustainable development. Its vision is of businesses and communities thriving in a future that's environmentally sustainable and socially just. It runs partnerships with more than 90 organizations across business and the public sector to incorporate these principles of sustainable development. Forum specializes in futures work, innovation and capacity building. That means a lot to you, doesn't it? And it also runs a master's course, Master's in Leadership for Sustainable Development. That's all part two of Common common Purpose. Massive organization. Millions and billions of dollars. Which has been running since the inception of, of Forum for the Future. It publishes a magazine called Green Futures, which highlights new stories on environment, sustainable development, and green innovation. And it gives you a bit of history. The partners, it's the same old stories, you know. It was founded by Jonathan Porritt. Same names keep popping up through all the different organizations to do with depopulations. Sarah Parkin and Paul Eakins. Peter Madden became the CEO in 2005. Partners. It's got partnerships with more than 90 organizations in the public and private sector. Now, it's a private organization, right? A charitable organization, right? So it's registered and all the rest of it's a charity. It says it works from three principal revenue streams, annual freeze from, freeze from its partners, fees and grants for its work on projects which advance sustainability and charitable donations and legacies. Its revenue, they claim, is, I, I bet they think it's about 4.1 billion. They say 4.1 million pounds here in 2009 was its revenue, of which 61% came from business, 14% from central and local government, your tax money. 
is funding this private organization that's telling politicians what to do by depopulating you and giving you the, you know, the snip snip. And 13% from not-for-profit organizations. That's the other way it's funneled through the foundations. And then you go into their partners from their own website, right? It's anybody and everybody who is everybody. You Axo Nobel Foundation corporate partner, Alliance Boots, that's a big pharmacy, boys. AOL Time Warner, once you depopulated and sterilized. Arup, Aviva Investors, Axe Insurance, Balfour Beatty, Bank of America, Merrill Lynch, Benchmark Software, Beverage Canmakers Europe, Bottle Tap, BP, British Petroleum Foundation, British Waterways, uh, British uh, Telecommunications, BT, Bupa Cadbury, you know the guys that want you to have your chocolate and get all fat, you know, with the, with the artificial stuff they've got on it now. Like, like chocolate like. <laughs> and, uh, Carillion at Cargill, the city of London, which is a corporation in itself. This is on its own website. I'll put these up for you. It goes on and on and on. I can't read them all. It would take too long. But it's anybody and everybody who is everybody wants you sterilized and depopulated for a sustainable future. Well, you'd think in that case they wouldn't have all this, these customers. Well, you see, this, these aren't private, really. All these big corporations are part of a big, big partnership. Not just to do with bringing in profits either. Much, much bigger than that. It's to bring in your whole reality. And I'll guarantee you that they'll fund every other massive group out there too that's telling you what to do. And even oppositions as well. Every base is covered. That's how it's really done. So, as I say, I'll put these links up for you to peruse at your leisure. And you, you'll see how they all, everything interlinks at the top. Everything. Every international organization, um, corporation, multinational corporation, everything that's, that's really authorized and out there is all part of an, a much bigger plan. You have to go back into the histories of these organizations, too, and these, these corporations to find how long they've been around. Where did they get their startup money from? Who funded them into existence? What was the organization that the first CEOs belonged to outside of just business? You'll find they all tie in together, all of them. And that's where you are. So it's all your fault now. Last night I mentioned an article where they're turning around and saying, it's all your fault. It's a baby boomer's fault. Everything that's happened in the world since the 50s, uh, late 40s, 50s, is all their own fault. It wasn't the bank's fault. It wasn't government's fault for borrowing money and fighting wars and and, uh, giving private contracts out uh, for the Cold War for missile after missile after missile that they never used. It was a baby boomer's fault for having it too good. You see, they always blame the victim. The victim is always blamed by the psychopath. No matter how crazy it seems, even if a rapist is caught on video raping someone, and it's actually been done in Canada, and it goes up to the high court, they'll still turn around and say it was it was it was her fault. And even if he's killed ten of them afterwards, he still says it was the, they all wanted it. They all wanted this and then killed. 
That's how crazy it sounds to the average person if you hear them, but they can never blame themselves. They must protect their own egos. These are dangerous people. Dangerous people. Who want to bring down the populations. And they all have their masters, and they all wanted the overpopulations of the same countries with massive immigration to bring on the problem. Because they're not after depopulating from one country or another. They want to depopulate the whole world. You can't keep saying it's the third world, it's the third world. You've got to bring the third world in. Massively. And a massive welfare state to make sure you, you get the message we're all going bankrupt, we're spending so much money in welfare. And the healthcare is kaput, you can't cope with it all, there's too many people. Well, it wouldn't have happened in the first place unless they caused the problem intentionally. But the, the goal is the world, world depopulation. You couldn't bring in terrorism bills and laws across most of Europe unless you had brought in the immigration, even though you're using it as a ruse to put anti-terrorism and loss of freedoms and rights on everyone. But you couldn't have done it unless you'd brought them in and encouraged them in through special immigration programs in the first place. And 30-odd years ago, I, I knew they were setting up the chessboard for today. I said, one day they'll attack the homelands, these people, and all hell will break loose. They, they set it all up in advance. But now it's all your fault, you see. And you've all got to suffer, and you can't have any rights anymore because none of you can be trusted. And the UK really was the leader for this. It's an example to the rest that are falling fast. In the US, they don't know what's going to hit them yet because the same system of mind control is even better there. Uh, they have more entertainment in the US. They have more uh, newspapers throwing out different versions of everything. And, and they're incredibly mind-bombed with entertainment. And plus, they truly believe that their leaders really are there to help them. They really do. And they have no idea that the right and the left all work together. They always have. They have no idea. They truly have no idea, most of them. That they're headed for even a worse downfall than Britain. Because it's going to happen faster. Much faster. And once their job is done, remember, Britain was a policeman for the world up into World War One and in the beginnings of World War Two, And they handed it over to the U.S. in a formal ceremony on the Senate floor. And they said, we pass the torch on to you. And the U.S. is almost finished doing its job of policing the world. There are over 70 countries openly and a lot more besides unopenly, quietly, covertly. They owe so much money. You could probably, if you put it to the, 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 the nearest star, five light years away, you could probably, you could probably go, get there and back if you made a roadway of dollar bills at Yale. It's impossible. It's not meant to be paid off. It's meant that you do. Because money is a tool to an end. It's a means to an end. The means actually is, is a, it's a technique to the end. We all got to believe in it as we go down the tubes. We've got to believe we're going to pay it all back and live in poverty as that happens. They said at the end of many of their books from the, the Fabian Society, the Royal Institute for International Affairs, they're all combined together, by the way, private organizations, 
with royal charters to exist on behalf of the aristocracy and the Anglo-American aristocracy as well, because they were well entrenched in, in the U.S. They said they would eventually be um, food shortages and, and they would cut health and so on, and disease would make its appearance once more and so on and so on and so on. And 2001 was really the kickoff of the final stage. It was a kickoff to the final stage of it. And everyone's rights were taken away immediately, and that was for the century of change. Century of change that was talked about in the 1800s, that the 21st century would be the century of change, where science combined with government as an expert society, the, dict- the scientific dictatorship that uh, Huxley talked about, that's when it would be working. It would be in total charge of everybody. There would be no such thing as, I want my rights. You would simply do as you're told for expediency's sake. That's where you're going. And the U.S. will be managed down the road to hell, the same way as Britain and all the other countries in Europe have been managed down the road to hell. But they've got to finish off the job in the Middle East first. That's all they have to do. They keep supplying the troops, the young guys who play video games and want to be heroes. They're nobody when they're before they get the uniform on and suddenly you're somebody. And if you come back, you know, you get a bit of attention for a while till the, till the novelty wears off amongst those around you. That's quite something. Quite something. You have no idea what's coming down. And the massive organization above this. Massive organization. Controlling it all. Now, it's interesting to, to see how CNSN News says... Uh, the Senate passed a bill allowing the government to collect addresses, ATM records, and bank customers. That's all part of it, too, because it ties in with so many articles on total control over the individual and money and e-money. Back with more after this break. Hi folks, this is Alan Watt. We're cutting through the matrix. Just to, to finish up, that uh, uh, this stuff with Google collecting all the Wi-Fi addresses and so on, basically it was all intentional. I've got three articles on it. Google was set up in the first place to do what they're doing, uh, and they'll be untouchable, even if they pay some petty fine. They probably doesn't even actually mean money passing any hands at all. It probably doesn't exist. It's just to keep the peasants happy because Google is part of the information world data collection system for those who really run the world, like all the other ones are too, all the biggies. And they've been passing information to governments from their inception. But supposedly they've collected all their, through their street view system, collecting all the Wi-Fi connections and they've actually got all your coding, everything they need to get into your computer and your system. And it's not just for commercial purposes, so it's going to target you with ads. It's far more than that. Germany has uh, taken them up on this too. Uh, and Britain had to fall behind uh, Germany since they went first and say, well, yes, that's wrong, and we might put charges and so on, because it's basically spying, you see. Well, of course it's spying, because these big corporations are set up to be spies <laughs> and collect all your data. What do you think spying is? It's all intelligence work. That's what it's all about. And of course, we know too they're keeping all your records for years and forever, in fact. And regardless of what they tell you, 
and then little appeasement things and uh, blurbs that they give out on, on the, the various newspapers and so on. But, see, this, this article here talks about the new collection of uh, your ATM records for bank customers. And it says here, May 21st, 2010, CNSN News, the Senate Majority Leader Harry Reid it says Senate Democrats uh, united to pass a financial regulatory bill that allows the government to collect data on any person operating in financial markets. Now, you didn't think you were in the financial market when you just used your bank card. At any level, including the collection of personal transaction records from local banks that list customers, addresses, and ATM receipts. You see, that's what it's really for. It's nothing to do with the big boys at all passing cash around. It's for you. And so the Senate voted 59 to 39 on Thursday to pass the bill, the chief aim, which is to more uh, heavily regulate the financial industry. That's you. That's you. And the bill now goes to the conference committee on behalf of the reps, where differences between the House-Senate versions will be ironed out. Yeah, right. So it's a new bureaucracy again to deal with all of that. But that's what government's about in the socialist system, regardless of what they call it or they pretend if it's right or left. It's all the same agenda, and they all work together. You wouldn't be happy if you knew you were under a one-party system, and you had been for many, 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 many years. You've got to have that impression that there's always an enemy out there to fight, even if it's a country across the water somewhere. That's good enough for you too, you see. And you've got to believe too they're an enemy to you, and, and they're, they're dangerous to you, and that's why you go off and slaughter them. Never dawns on you it's for a whole different purpose altogether. That's not you it's going to benefit, nor the folk who get killed is going to benefit. It's a whole new world order. What do you think a new world order means? With scientific socialism and experts running your lives. Do you, what do you think that means? And depopulation for sustainability. You know, good genes only, bad genes must go. Any hereditary problems, I'm afraid you can't survive. You certainly can't breed. Not allowed. You have no idea what you're already and have been for a long time under. From Hamish myself to Ontario, Canada, it's good night. And may your God or your God's go with you.